Hello, fellow do-gooders and friends, and happy Friday. I'm Karina Belizzi, your host. And today I'm going to share with you an episode of another podcast that I guested on, hosted by an amazing gentleman named Walter. He has a podcast called Sales and Cigars, and he leads Helix Sales Development. Now, it's not often that I really dig deep into my perspective and the work I do in sales and marketing, but this was an interesting walk through my experience, as well as even talking about something as simple as my wedding back in, what year was that? Jeez, 2006, and how I branded my wedding a Spanish-themed wedding and walking down the aisle in a red dress and giving out cigars as one of my favors at the end of it. So I think it's an interesting conversation. I'm sharing it with you today so you get a peek behind the curtain, a different view of who I am as a professional and as a marketer. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Hey everyone, Walter Crosby with Helix Sales Development and another episode of Sales and Cigars. Today we have a well-rounded podcast episode. We have Karina Belize. She has career in sales and marketing and, and at the C-suite level. She's built brands, just a, a great career. And on top of all that, with some great stories and, and, a, and, a, and a, some advice, she is developing a community in, in the podcast world. She's helping people create podcasts. She's giving them guidance. She's coaching them. She's making it uh, less painful, less scary for people to enter into this community and add their value to the world. Um, just somebody that really cares about putting good stuff into into the world. Um, just th- this was a, a wonderful uh, wonderful episode for me. We could have talked for hours. So uh, let's uh, go grab a cigar, go grab a libation, strap in. Let's uh, let's have a conversation with Karina. So Karina, we, we um, got a couple of things we want to cover today. I appreciate you taking some time to be on be on the podcast. I'm sort of looking forward to this conversation. So why don't we start with um, a little bit about your background and, and, and where you kind of come from, from a sales marketing perspective, and we can kind of launch from there. Sure. I mean, I, um, (laughs) I'd like to say I was born in the natural products industry in a way. I um, was a little hippie kid growing up in Southern Oregon who wanted to be Indiana Jones as a kid and went to school to be an archaeologist and then kind of just fell into sales and marketing because I realized getting a degree in anthropology or archaeology in the late 90s that um, wasn't going to pay the bills and I was going to have to go to grad school and grad school was really expensive and not something that's super funded for something like archaeology. So I started using the same skills I had learned in high school and college working in retail sales, but pivoted to the natural products industry and started working in sales and marketing of ingredients and then later omega-3 supplements, utilizing the same sorts of methods that I had learned when I was selling Revo sunglasses, like high-end sunglasses in a sunglass shop in Cupertino, California. So basically the meat of it, need satisfaction selling, getting to know my customers, learning what they wanted and helping educate them on what made the products or services that I was working to put out into the world different and better. And then categorically working to build a new category in the omega-3 supplement arena and making a name for myself there. 
So I've spent 20 years now building brands in the Omega-3 space. Um, the biggest claim to fame, so to speak, I have is the rise of Nordic Naturals, who I joined in 2002. And, and that at that time, they were less than a million dollars in annual revenues. By the time I left, we were in 37 markets around the globe and over $100 million in annual revenues and continuing to grow. I just got bored and left. So I've been uh, building brands ever since from more of a contract seat, but just enjoying it. That, and that's a, you know, when it comes to Omega-3s, omega that's a, a really clean product. There's there's a lot of Omega-3s in, those, in, those, in that space that aren't real crisp and clean natural products. So um, yeah. I know the the health mart that I go to is a real, this lady's a little, a little crazy, um, <laughs> but she knows everything about everything and how a natural product can help support um, just about any ailment. It's, it's really, she's able to speak. You can get her to focus for right. five minutes. She could really share a, a real deep. And that was one of the products that she, she talked to me about years ago was a, um, how, how that stood out because it was a, a much cleaner uh, aversion. So, so. Yeah. Well, we built the market on that. You know, we told people they didn't have to taste fishy and it didn't have to be full of toxins. It could be a different experience. So um, it's something that we worked to build over the course of a decade and they've still continued strong. They're among the leaders in the omega-3 space, specifically in fish oils. Now I'm pivoting to working in more of the algae space because there are plant-based options that don't have to impact our marine e ecosystems, that don't have to worry about things like overfishing. Um, but ultimately, it's the same basic job of the brand building, communicating with the public about what these omega-3s can do, and really helping them understand how their health can benefit from balancing the fats in their diet or their nutrition. I mean, we're all animals. We're made up of the natural world. So getting to a space where we understand that and support that can help our health journey long-term. So it's something I've remained passionate about and I get to continue to work in it. So I feel really lucky. Well, and that's the, that's the thing. Once you, once you lose a passion for a particular um, company or product, I mean, that to me is the really important. I've been in different sales positions and once, once a company was sold and there was a, um, a different philosophy in terms of how building a product to last or building a product mm -hmm. to, to, to keep a margin rather than deliver a quality product. It, I have a, I have a hard time selling something I don't believe in. Um, right. And I, I completely agree. It's really important to be passionate. Um, the reason I ended up leaving after nine years was I had done, I'd checked every box that I came to check at Nordic Naturals. We'd moved into a brand new lead certified level gold building, beautiful building. I didn't have to jockey for meeting space anymore. I had my own office with a door I could close, but some of that early pioneering phase, that magic didn't feel like it was there anymore. Like we had just, we'd grown to a stage where it was just, it felt like it was more the same every day. So the challenge wasn't as interesting to me, which is why I left after nine years, even at the top of my game and top of my income to go work with other companies and bring my skill set to them to help them define new categories and grow and build brands that would resonate with a consumer that could make a life change happen for other people in a different way. So 
just, uh, you know, passion's important. It, it is. And, and I don't know, there's another element that I think is important. I'm curious your, your take, but having that, to be able to learn and, and apply what I know, but still be able to learn from the industry, learn from the people yeah. that, that I'm dealing with, you know, because there's a natural curiosity that I think is important in in sales and and just just being able to talk to people and, and pick up new ideas, new thoughts, um, new um, just new knowledge is, yeah. is part of that is part of that passion for me doing it for myself doing it for somebody else. I mean, I kind of reached a point in my life where I needed to do something on my own, but it, I think for, for most people that are, they're in corporate world, that's something that they're looking for, right? That they're trying to strive for something that, that gets them out of bed in the morning and be, uh, be excited to, to go take that next adventure. Even though that's you're right. doing similar things, it's still every one of these podcasts I do is different, right? You never really know, where you're going to go. Every sales call I make is, is different. I mean, I'm sure you have the same experience. <laughs> yeah. I actually felt like that was one of the highest compliments I ever got. I worked in the field with one of my reps in Florida, Chris Roma, while I was at Nordic Naturals. We went to six different accounts in a day and he just looked at me at the close of the day and he said, I don't think that's ever happened to me before. And I said, what? And he said, I just went into six different accounts with you and I saw six different approaches. And he said, that kind of dynamism is just not that often present when a sales manager comes to work with me. I mean, he was a broker, right? So he had several different sales managers that he worked with at different companies selling different products. And I think that's the thing that gets missed so often, because when we're not actively listening, when we're not actually paying attention to what the unique needs of this particular customer is, then guess what? They don't hear us the same way either. They don't hear what we're there to sell them. We're basically just on autopilot. And when we're on autopilot, it shows to them they don't engage the same way. You're not going to be as likely to get that sale, even if your formula or your approach is perfect. So I just think it's important to to show a little bit of your personal self and also reflect what you're seeing from your client. If you're selling them, I mean, you have to be listening actively to do your best job. Uh, amen to that. Yeah. That's really, that's right on the nose. It, it's one of the things that's hard to to, to coach with, with salespeople that think their, their job is to go sell something. And I, and I try to get them to look at it as like, you're there to help them. Yeah. And if you can't help them, the faster you tell them that, the better off both of you are, right? Because we stop wasting everybody's time. So if we go in with the idea of helping, it, you got to listen. You got to be whatever they need you to be in that moment, just like a friend. Right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have a conversation with a friend, uh, it's not always the same conversation. Sometimes they That's need right. help. Sometimes they're they're struggling with something. I mean, you got to be curious enough and care enough to be able to 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 dig in and, and and just be able to adjust to what that person needs. There's a there's a great quote from David Sandler that that the way he describes sales is it's a Broadway show performed by a psychiatrist right, right? yet yeah, and you have to be really paying attention you know what you got to do but you really got to be paying attention to that um to that prospect to that customer and listen and uh i mean that's a true that, that is a great compliment i uh yeah 
I, I have a really good example for what you're you're speaking to right now. And it for an instance in which I surprised the seller by buying more than they anticipated because they told me they didn't think they could help me. And so I think this is an interesting story for anyone who might be listening. This is specific to the world of podcasting, right? I had mm -hmm. been podcasting at the time for about nine months. I had a website that I wasn't happy with because it wasn't really doing the job for me anymore. I knew I probably should shift to a WordPress site to have more customization, but I didn't want to make a huge investment on it. I knew it would have a better impact on SEO as SEO because I'm a marketer and I understand how that works. So I already had some of this background knowledge. Well, they had reached out to me, this company Poditize, just via LinkedIn. Hey, we'd like to do an audit for you. If you're open to it, it'll be no cost. You can meet with our one of our owners and they'll share with you what their thoughts are. I said, great, somebody else can audit my podcast. We get on the call. They share with me all these things they can do to help me grow. Then they start looking at my site and they're like, well, a lot of our method won't actually support you the best way it could on this current site. So I don't know how much service we can actually be to you because of the fact that I wasn't on a WordPress site. Sure. And I said, well, can you help me with a WordPress site? And they said, well, uh, yeah, we could do that for you. And it'll be $2,000 plus this and that and the next thing. And I was like already thinking it was going to cost me a few thousand dollars to do a WordPress site. And everything they had shared with me made complete sense with regard to what I knew about SEO, what I needed for the show. And I was ready to make the leap. So suddenly they went from basically turning me away to me saying, mm -hmm. oh, no, I want to partner with you. And it's going to be in a deeper way. And let's head forward. And so their credibility had gone up notches to me because they were like, I really appreciate what we could do here, but you're not going to get the same benefit. So I'm ready to say goodbye to it. And I'm like, no, no, you're going to help. Let's do it. So I've been with them ever since. It's been a few months. It's been a great partnership. Well, all because somebody was honest. Yeah, they were all honest. Because somebody, exactly. They didn't try to pitch you on, on something that wasn't going to be a good fit. And mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, it's, a, it's, the old adage we were taught as kids, you know, honesty is the best policy. It's cliche, but in sales, if you, if you, you know, and you're be honest and you're saying what, what that guy said to you or that gal said to you, you're, you're, you have credibility instantly by, right. by sharing that reality. Now, you know, whether he could or not helped you um, didn't really matter. You still wanted to work with him because of that sense of honesty about him. Um, well, and I think a, honestly, if he had doubled down on the pitch at that phase, I probably would have backed off a little bit. And, and that's, sure. I think the other thing that's hard to teach people when they're just learning sales, because they want to get to a formula. They say, okay, well, I'm going to ask these sets of questions and get this kind of answer. And it's a numbers game. And they might say that 20 times at a certain point it is, but I think the numbers game more is along the lines of what you learn by doing the work over and over and not stopping and, and mm -hmm. reflecting on and then saying what, what went well or what didn't go well and how you might have conveyed the message a little differently. And where, where did you lose them? Were you paying attention? Did you see their eyes drift? You know, like that sort of Body thing. Right? Yeah. All of it. There's, there isn't a script. There isn't a, um, we, we talk about frameworks. We talk about uh, listening. We talk about trying to get to certain points in a process to understand things um, because everyone's that's why it's fun. That's why it's interesting because we're, it's different. F same framework, 
but it's different every conversation. We need to 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 respond to what we're what we're hearing. Um, it is a bit of a numbers game at a certain point, but mm-hmm. your numbers go up through experience, but also by who are you trying to reach, right? If you don't know who your ideal client is, if you don't know who your mm-hmm. target is, it's really hard to hit it. And you're going to have to have so many more numbers because those aren't the right people to be, to be talking to. Um, that's right. So that's, that's another great, um, great piece of advice. So let, let's talk a little bit about um, podcasting and what you're trying to, if you could share a little bit about what you're trying to accomplish with podcasting, what that, what that bigger goal is. Yeah. Um, I started podcasting in January of 2021. I started a show uh, called Care More Be Better, which is focused on social impact and sustainability, regenerating earth, getting these positive messages into people's hands and telling stories of really impactful leaders who are working to make the world a better place. And so it's been an incredible journey. I really love the show. But I also realized through the course of podcasting that I really just love the platform. I love that way of storytelling, the communication method Mm -hmm. as a whole. And I've become connected to many people in podcasting. And so I met somebody on Clubhouse that I formed a partnership with. And we are actively working to elevate the voices of podcasters, help those that are already doing podcasting succeed, give them tools and resources that they might need to develop their audience on a shoestring without spending a lot of money, creating a community around that. And now we're even helping people launch their podcasts. Um, We've supported the launch of a comedy podcast, a travel podcast, and a personal development podcast all over the course of the last few months. And we have a few more in the hopper. Hmm? So so that's a, that's a wide range. So, um, so you're able to, the, it's more about the media, more about what needs to be done. Can you go a little, a little deeper with how you're actually helping them do that? I mean, what that, what that looks like because you know i i have i have listeners and i have guests who are dabbling they're kind of thinking about the idea yeah and, you know all i can offer is that it's fun yeah. uh, <laughs> if it wasn't fun i wouldn't be doing it right um, but the the and i'm i'm trying to get better mm-hmm. um and and grow so I, everybody i think would be um, me included to, to understand a little bit more about what you're, how you're actually helping if you're, if you care to share. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the core things that we're doing, especially for those that are curious about launching a podcast is helping them get clear on what the story is that they'd work to tell through podcasting. What might they call the show? How would they define their show art? What platform would they choose to host it on? Are they going to try and just launch a show for free on anchor? Or are they willing to pay a little bit of money to host it somewhere that enables them to have a better view of their analytics? We'd help them choose which platforms right for them. We like Podetize, who helped me with my podcast, and mm-hmm. I host on them presently. They're now sponsoring our effort because they believe in what we're doing as well. And they've given our community a really low price for hosting with them. So that's supportive. Um, but we really work to give them strategic advice that isn't going to cost them a lot of money, sound advice, um, and just walk them through the steps of what they will need to do to launch their show on day one 
and then the sorts of frameworks that they need to have in place to support the show's continued success, whether it be simply choosing the platforms they're going to post on, what their involvement might be on social audio apps like Clubhouse to help get the word out there, if they're going to even record shows on Clubhouse or on something like the Wisdom app, and then use that as content for their show. So we kind of walk through all of those things. Um, we host office hours on a weekly basis on Thursdays in our network, which is hosted on Mighty Networks. Um, and people can join that just by going to femcasters.mn.co. Um, the name of our second show is Femcasters. So it was focused initially on helping elevate the voices of women, but we have several mancasters and they casters. It really doesn't matter what sex you are, um, race or creed. We just um, really work to elevate your voice and, and give you the tools you might need to get there. Office hours are a great way to ask and answer a lot of questions. And last mm -hmm. week, for instance, we helped somebody go through the rigors of actually getting their podcast officially hosted on Apple. Like they, they hadn't gone through that final stage. So they shared their screen. We logged in. We helped them do it. And so by wow. the time they finished their um, that session, they were live on Apple Podcasts. And everybody who was live on in that event with us all went in and wrote reviews for them and listened to the show. So... It's kind of through really harnessing the engagement of that community, right? Like working through community to support one another so that we're not going it alone. Because I went it alone when I launched my podcast. I'm pretty sure you did. Most people I know did. And it's just, you're learning by doing, you fumble, you don't know, you know, it's just helpful to have people to talk to about it. And, and so that's what we're working to do now. Um, and we we're just in the infancy of monetizing certain parts of it. So we're doing a lot of it for free. Well, that's a um, having that community. You're not an island, and being able to ask questions—that's uh, a great. Um, it's just a, a, a great thing to be doing, and you know, it, it's a coach. It's really yeah. what you're what you're doing is being a podcast coach. You can add that to your resume. <laughs> well, and I think that's part of it. Julie Loken, who's my partner in that, um, she is a life coach, but she's looking at pivoting her perspective from being a one-to-one -to, -one to one to many. And so mm -hmm. that's part of what we're working to do through podcasting is instead of one-to-one -one being a voice of one-to-many, we're both going to be speaking together at PodFest in, in May. So if you're in attendance there, we'll be there. We're not sure what date we're speaking yet, but we're going to be talking about harnessing the power of community to grow your show in 28 days or less, because that's what we do. So... That is an okay. awesome story. I love it. Um, we'll put all of that in the uh, in the show notes so that people can um, don't have to hit record and write all that down. Um, that, <laughs> yeah, um, it makes it easy. That's uh, uh, that's awesome. And I think you know, for somebody that that did and still is doing the school of hard knocks uh, method to to get get going on this. Um, it, it, I think that is a, a better way to go in and have some sense of community, get some support and be able to talk, uh, just being able to get somebody else to talk and that you don't have to bring them up to speed, right? You, you have some yeah. common ground. How do you do this? And how do you make sure that that, that happens? Um, I think is a great, um, that's a, that's a great service. Um, and it's only going to grow because not everybody's going to be Joe Rogan. Um, you know, and have that contract, if you will. 
um, and that much <laughs> well thankfully we don't need we don't need a hundred joe rogans we need to hear from all sorts of different people right you know but it, it, you know some people are you know I, I have to do this and i have to get this date and I, I think if you just if you have a passion around a topic and you you want to talk about it it is a really it, it's not a, f- a free way to do it but it's 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 an awesome way to go out and have some fun get your message out there feed that need that um that passion to to um to be able to get it out there and and support people i think it's a cool cool way to go i I really um appreciate you taking the time to share all that is there anything else that before we wrap up uh, i think we we've talked a little bit about um we like to end with a cigar story and i think you have an interesting one so (laughs) yeah if you don't mind sharing yeah, of course. Um, I will just say one thing about podcasting in general. I have met some of the most inspiring and interesting people that I've ever met in my life over a screen and a Zoom call podcasting. Yeah. So I just, I encourage people to think about it from that perspective too. It's it's a way to feel connected to people that you might not otherwise ever have a chance to meet, which I've just loved. And I do have a cigar story. So okay. I um, I smoked for 16 years and gave it up just around the time I was getting married. So I don't smoke cigars anymore, but, mm-hmm. um, for our wedding, we actually chose to have a Spanish themed wedding. Cause I wanted to wear a red dress. And I, so I was red and yellow were the colors, just like the Spanish flag. Neither of us is Spanish. We're Italian. Um, well, how but, did you get, how did you get to the Spanish wedding? If neither one of you are Spanish, you just like the ambiance and the colors and the, I wanted story? to have a theme, Um, I wanted to have an outdoor wedding. My family is Catholic. I had people traveling in from the East Coast who I knew, like, I'd only ever been to weddings with these people that were in Catholic churches. I wasn't going to get married in a Catholic church. So my father's a landscape architect. There was this beautiful site called the Hilltop Hacienda in Soquel, California. Um, And Mm -hmm. so I chose to go to Kenilin Hilltop Hacienda. So it's already outdoor. It's already kind of Spanish and look and feel. Um, and I wanted to wear a red dress. So like red is commonly worn um, in certain cultures around the world, India, China for a wedding. Um, but in Spain, there's a tradition to actually wear a black dress as a wedding. And I, I wanted red, but like the colors of the flag are red and yellow. So I was like, okay, what are traditions in Spain? One of the traditions was that you would give a cigar to all of the male guests and something that smells nice or is pretty to the female guests. And I loved a good cigar. So I had Mm. these cigars from the Dominican Republic, private labeled. They say on them, my wedding date, Karina and Matt Belizzi, July 9th, 2006. All private labeled for us. So this is my last one. And Mm. it's... um, it's just sitting in a beautiful wood box that's handcrafted and I'll probably keep it until I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> maybe it will go up and smoke with my ashes. Well, there you go. There's a, there's a plan or maybe on your 50th, there's, there's something to that effect. Um, <laughs> maybe. That's a great story. I, I, uh, um, you, you planned your wedding. I, I, I love the cigar story, but I also heard you planned your wedding based on what you saw in that location, it just was that the look and feel. Yeah. It was a you were... Beautiful hilltop hacienda. It looked like it was in Spain and it's here in SoCal, California. Hmm. That's an awesome story. I, my wife and I got married in Napa at a mm. vineyard for a similar reason. 
that the venue was just like we have to do it here mm -hmm. um, and it sort of resonated with me just because of the uh, my friend said if you get married out here you'll every time you have a glass of wine you'll remember your wedding um so we drink a lot of wine um, yeah i like wine too <laughs> but that but that it was like we knew that was the spot because of the look and the feel this winery had where they produced grapes but it was all about the the venue the flowers the the the, the little creek that ran through and the way the cave yeah. looked. it was a uh, gosh it sounds beautiful what winery was it if you don't mind sharing there's a little winery called hans faden in uh calistoga so it was on mm. the end of napa and you know there's a um it was outdoors um we had we had it all we, had, we knew exactly what we wanted because she's from new york I'm from michigan so it was equally inconvenient for everybody to go to <laughs> You know, Francisco. We wanted a really small wedding, um, and it, it just had, you know, had the theme of champagne and uh, great Cabernet and and really really good food. I mean, it was thirty two people there. It still cost us about the same as you know people having about two hundred. But um, it was about the experience. It it was because she's Catholic. Did not want to have a you know a wedding in a Catholic church, and I'm. Jewish, so it was a little. Uh, uh, how are we going to pull this off? It, we found a guy that was a, an officiant who would do a little of this and a little of that, made everybody happy. That's right? lovely. A Native American prayer. Um, it was. It was really. It was cool, and I don't normally share that story, but um, it, you, you, when you described that setting and how and how you got there, and the, you had this in your your your, your mind, it's. Uh, brought back a memory so i appreciate you sharing yeah. that. Um, well it was like um it, it was branding in a way right like we talk about like what you want your wedding day to remind you of i mean i it enabled me to plan the whole thing like we served sangria and i had sing a sangria pitcher on everybody's uh table and then underneath one of the seats at every table was a recipe card that had the sangria recipe in it. And if that was under your seat, then you took the picture home. And these were all handmade in Televera, Spain. So they were beautiful, hand-painted pictures. And just all of those things add a little detail to the event and make it a memorable experience and something to just fondly look back on anytime I might enjoy a cigar or drink a sangria or whatever, you know, pull out that yeah. picture. But yeah, that um, you avoided a fight over who was going to take the, the picture home too. <laughs> there were still the one or two, like people really wanted it. They were like looking around at the underside of the chairs, but try, it try created something people would talk about and remember too, you know? And and that's, that's part of the goal, right? Cause it's a big, it's, it's a big day for the two of you, but, you want to make it memorable for everybody. And, um, it just, yeah, it was, uh, th those are, those are cool. Those are cool memories. I, um, appreciate you sharing. So, um, good luck with the cigar that you've got stored in the box. That's a, uh, <laughs> I do, I do like that area. I, I never thought about that. Having it, um, the ashes all kind of mixed together. That's an interesting, that's an interesting perspective. So, um, thank you again. Is there any, any last uh, piece of information you want to share about uh, the community that you're creating? Because I think it's it's incredibly helpful and a, a yeah. wonderful goal. 
Well, I just encourage people to give a listen to our podcast. It's called Femcasters, and you can listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you're curious about podcasting, we give tools there on how to launch shows and interview people that are in the space of podcasting. Um, we also have the community, femcasters.mn.co, and you can find out about my other podcast, Care More, Be Better, just by going to caremorebebetter.com. It's all about social impact and sustainability. These are my efforts to put more good into the world. So I hope to engage with you there. Thank you. We need it. We, we need that. And uh, we need people that are, that are reaching out and trying to fill that space. So thank you yeah. very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun, Walter.